it's been my habit to periodically ask the Lord, what is the word that you have for the church in this coming year? I remember the first time I did that was in 2003, and the Lord gave me the words, set free in 2003. How many of you were then with us and remember those words, set free in 2003? Wave, do something. Yeah, Ara remembers, Remy remembers. Uh, in 2004, is going for more in 2004. In five, it was everyone alive in 2005. In six, it was mix the bricks in 2006. In seven, it was 2007, and it was focus on heaven in 2007. And every year was something like that. I was talking with Remy yesterday, and uh, he was saying, do you have a word for uh, 2022? And I said, you know, I've been struggling, and I haven't really got a word for to, uh, like a rhyme. So he suggested, let's hope 2022 is not 2022. Do you get it? Yeah, thumbs up. That works. Uh, it works, but it's not the word that I have for you. As I started to meditate on this and I started to spend time, I see a couple of uh, uh, Desiree, thumbs, uh, heart, love it. Uh, as I've been focusing on understanding the heart of God for us as City River, and actually it's broader than City River, the heart of God for his church in 2022. I recognize that we here in North America are very fortunate. We don't have to hide. We don't have to meet underground. We can do it on Zoom. We can do it in person when the Lord allows us in a space that will allow us to do that. We have a lot of flexibilities. But some of the people that are on this call have family members in places or themselves. Earlier, we had someone, uh, I'm not going to mention names, but someone for, from uh, a very difficult country, the country that has the largest church growth in the world right now. And that church is familiar with persecution. That church was exploding in the 70s and the 80s in the middle of a great revolution and in the middle of a lot of oppression, that church exploded because the pastor of one of the churches decided that he was not going to love his life even to death. And he sacrificed himself, not he chose to, he didn't choose to, but he willingly put himself in the front of the gospel message so that what he was preaching became a challenge and they ended up killing him, and his body was found in a ditch on the side of a road. Some of you from one of the different countries that are part of City River know exactly who I'm talking about. Some of you have family members across a border of what is your divided nation. I'm not going to mention nations' names, but those of you from those nations know exactly who I'm talking about. And you have family members on the north side of the border, and they're persecuted. So what is the word of the Lord for 2022 for us here in North America? Us who are free to do all kinds of things. As I started to think about this, I started to think about the journey that I have been on. And I started to think about where all of you may be. I got hundreds of text messages over the last few days. And I specifically stayed off WhatsApp and Telegram and Messenger and all of these other messaging tools. But I acknowledge that many of you have texted me and wished me and Silva happy uh, Merry Christmas. And I want to thank you for that. And I want to extend that same greeting to you. I know it's a day after Christmas, but it's still Christmas. But I was wondering what happens 
in most of our lives in the period between December 26 today and December 31st? What happens in those days? And I started to look back in my own life about some events that have happened to me that marked my life, that were like a stamp on my life, that changed who I am and what I do and how I think and how I react. And I started to think about an event that we used to go to with our young people called Joshua Revolution. Anybody remember that? Ara's nodding yes. Salpi's nodding yes. You guys have had to pay the price and take those three days, actually four days, 27, 28, 29, 30. And preparing before that, Remy, I noticed uh, you're smiling. And uh, we would go to Niagara Falls, New York. Sometimes it was in Buffalo, New York. But it was the Youth for Christ organization of upstate New York that would host these events that they would call Joshua Revolution. Do you remember this logo? This logo would be somewhere all over the, the, the church. And our young people would be excited because they now have three nights away from home in the middle of winter. One year we went, Fariba remembers. Yeah. One year we went and the snow was so deep. Our cars were buried under, the streets were like arenas because they were all frozen. Kids had brought their skates and they went skating on the street, on the lake, or not the lake, but the, the, uh, the fountain that was there. It was just such a, an amazing time. It was a glorious time in an arena that was filled with hundreds and hundreds, thousands of kids. And here we were. At that, that, at that time, it was the Toronto Church of the Living God Youth, and then it became the Well on Bayview's Youth. And we would grab some volunteers and go there. The food wasn't the greatest. We would order pizza the first night, and it would last us for three nights, and we would order cases and cases of pizza. Uh, the boys would live together in one room, bunking together, and the girls would be together in another room, and then the leaders would mix between them and, and all the rest of that. But that event marked my life. There was a man that used to speak at that event. He was known by all the kids. They loved him. You guys remember who I'm talking about? Those that were there? Reggie Dabbs? But I want you to listen to the stories about this man called Reggie Dabbs. Reggie's story is very interesting. His mom was a teenager when she was pregnant with him. Single mother, addicted to drugs, had other kids from other men, and she was pregnant with Reggie, and she had no idea what to do with her life. She was stuck somewhere in the street, and she remembered that she had a teacher, Mrs. Dabbs, who told her, if you need anything in your life, call me. So she called Mrs. Dabbs, and Mrs. Dabbs said to her, you can stay with us until you have your baby, and she did. She could have very easily aborted the child. She didn't need an extra baby. She had no money to take care of the ones she had. But the love that she saw from Mr. and Mrs. Dabbs, who were Christians, who had five kids of their own. The youngest kid was seven years older than Reggie, who was about to be born. So they were past the age of having kids. And they were actually significantly older than the baby's mother. But they adopted him. Sorry, they fostered him until he turned 14. And then they adopted him and gave him the name Reggie Dabbs. He had, was born with a certificate that only had Reggie on it, no last name. Reggie ended up 
being a great athlete, he would play football. And one of his coaches asked him one day if he would speak to a group of young kids at school. I'm usually within eye shot of seeing the gymnasium fill up, the auditorium fill up. See, there's a kid that's gonna sit right here. It's gonna sit right here. It may be a boy, it may be a girl. They may have a mom and dad that love them. They may just live with their mom or just their dad. Or maybe one of their parents died of cancer. Or maybe they're in an abusive situation. Maybe they wish they didn't wake up this morning. My job with my words is to come sit by this kid and to tell him you can make it, to tell her you love, to let them know that tomorrow holds the answer to the problem that they're facing today. My job is to love your kids just the way they are. Women sneeze pretty. Women sneeze like, <laughs> men are like, <"Bah!" laughs> women cry pretty. A man's like, Argh. he makes everybody feel loved and wanted. He changed my attitude. I liked it so much. There's a few kids that you smell that had, had left the, the auditorium because they were so touched and moved by him. Reggie really knows how to connect to the people who think that they're alone. There's a bunch of other kids at my school that are going through stuff and I bet he could change their lives too. Uh, you know, Reggie has, has a way of not only impacting uh, the students, but also the staff, myself included. If you're a coach in this room, you're the only dad I have. You're the only dad I know. You're the only father figure I have. And it worked. Thank you. It may be a girl who believes in herself so much that she ends up finding and curing cancer. It might be a boy who believes in himself so much that he ends up curing like hunger in the world. It might be a girl who has a baby and her son grows up and becomes the next president. It might be in this very gem that there's one kid that can change the world. Some of you want to quit. Some of you wish you could die. Not today. Not on my watch. Reggie impacted so many kids. He impacted so many students. He impacted many of us as adults. But there is something that he said on December 29th, 1997, 24 years ago. And he gave a powerful message entitled, He died for you, will you live for him? Here's a short clip of that message. The word of God says this. That message, there were two people involved, Your Reggie Dabbs and David Parker, the worship leader. Being a Listen up. nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he made himself nothing. Taking the very nature of a servant being made human, he humbled himself and became obedient even unto death, even death on the cross. You have friends that are dying, and only you can reach. The key word is this He died for you. Will you live for him? Here's what we're going to do 
You have 30 seconds to make up your mind. I want you to listen to me close. Everybody key in on me. There's not a light on, but one, and it's going on me. Tonight, I feel like God is getting ready to do something awesome. But it's got to be a challenge to you. I hate to make it so hard, but I know the spirit of the Lord wants it this way. Because today, he says that someday he's going to separate, separate us to the left and to the right. And I'm telling you tonight, it's time for you to make a decision, to make a choice, to save your world. You got 30 seconds to get your house in order. After 30 seconds, you're going to hear me and David. You're going to hear us shout in our microphones. He died for me. I'll live for him. And when you hear us shout that, if you're in this room, you say, Reggie, forgetting the past, I cannot change the past. And looking to my future, I strung to the cross. I give my future to the cross. And I will stand, put both fists in the air. And in 30 seconds, don't move, don't speak, don't say a word for 30 seconds, because this is going to change your life. I believe by the power of the spirit of Jesus Christ, there's someone in this room that's going to be called into the ministry full time tonight to bridge the gap for the rest of your life. Can you feel the presence of God? At that meeting, I was that one that took that challenge, that dedicated my life to full-time ministry. That was 24 years ago, almost to the day. Full-time ministry for me looks different than full-time ministry for a lot of other pastors that you know. I still have my business. I started a new business in May of last year. I pastor full-time, but I'm in full-time ministry 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Because ministry is not compartmentalized into a job that you fulfill nine to five or whatever number of hours on a Sunday, but it's a lifestyle. And my challenge to each of you today, you heard about the pastor that died in the ditch. You heard about Jesus that didn't love his life, but gave it for the sake of others. You know me, you know other pastors and other ministers that have dedicated their lives but in these last few days of 2021, they're not just dead days of the year that you take off from work and you just relax at home or you're just off school. They're not days of waste. They're days where the Lord is doing business with you. They're days where you reevaluate what the year was about. Yeah, we had two years that were very difficult. God has told us through his prophets that these years are years of shaking, and he's shaking everything that can be shaken in the world, in the world systems, in the economies, in the governments, in the healthcare, in everything, including his church. He is shaking everything that can be shaken. He's shaking the good things that you and I consider to be good. Silva and I were driving home yesterday from Ramey's. And we were talking about all kinds of different, different things. One thing we talked about really stuck with me. We all as Christians long to have the fruit of the Spirit. We all long to display the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Silla said, but some people are naturally very patient or naturally very gentle or naturally very kind. And that triggered a thought in our conversation that, yes, the fruit of the Spirit is a manifestation of the attributes that are listed in Galatians 5. Love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, brotherly love, patience, that go beyond all nine of them. If you want them, then expect a shaking. 
that will put you in a situation where your life puts pressures on you. Listen carefully. Don't despise this or push it away when that happens in your life. When you feel certain situations where your natural attributes in these nine areas, your natural strength of love, of peace, of brotherly kindness, of joy, of patience runs out. That's when the fruit of the Spirit manifests. Don't push away from those circumstances. Don't push away from people that are toxic in your life. Embrace it and allow God to work through it to bring out the fruit of the Spirit. That's full-time ministry. In these four or five days before the end of the year, embrace what God has for you. You know what the Bible talks about? In the book of Revelation, I'm going to share a few scriptures with you really quickly in the time that I have left. But we're in the last days, guys. I don't know when the Lord is coming back. I'm not going to predict when he's coming back. I don't know if he's coming back next week or in 10 years or in 100 years. I really don't care when he comes back because I know he's coming back. I hope it's sooner than later for my sake. That's me being selfish because I want to see him. But when he does come back, John talks to us about the kind of people that he's looking for. Not people that just show up on a Sunday on Zoom or in a public meeting for worship. Not people necessarily that will put up their hands in worship. Not worship leaders, not pastors, not any of those things. He's looking for one kind of person. Listen carefully. John writes this. The first verse in the book of Revelation. Revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. This is the book of Revelation about the things that will soon take place. 2,000 years ago, it was written. And they've been taking place in cycles, one after the other, different cycles, where all of the things that he's described have been the experience of the church at different times. But there's a time when all of it will culminate into the actual fulfillment of this revelation in its fullness. The first church in the book of Acts, the Acts 2 church, experienced some of these things and the persecutions that it described, and they thought that was it. Some of them even sold their homes because they were waiting for Jesus to come back. They went through the tribulation, as it were. But there is one coming that is bigger than all of them. He says, he made it known by sending his angel to his servant, me, John, who testifies to everything he saw. What does John testify of? What is Reggie Dabbs inviting people to stand up and shout for? He died for me, I live for him. What did he invite one person tonight that's going to get into full-time ministry? This is the testimony that he says. He testifies to everything he saw, John saw. That is the word of God. Now, you can take that as being Jesus, the Word. You can take that as the Bible. You can take that as the revelatory Word that God gives you in the moment. But he also says something else. The testimony of Jesus. We've heard it. Bill Johnson preaches on it beautifully. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Great buzzword, if that's all you remember from it. But there's something more. In that same book, 
Further down the chapter, verse 9, he says, I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that is ours in Jesus. Do you have endurance now here in North America? I know our brothers in Iran do, in Afghanistan do, in North Korea do, in Egypt and Lebanon and Syria and Iraq. They have suffering in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that is ours in Jesus was on the island of Patmos. Why? Because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. Chapter 6. When the seals are opened and the Lamb is being revealed and the kingdom is being expanded and manifest. It says, when he saw the fifth seal opened, I saw under the altar the souls of those that had been slain. Like Pastor Hovsepian in Iran of the Church of Philadelphia. His death sparked a revival in the nation. His soul stands there. Peter, who was crucified upside down, his soul stands there. Other Iranian Christians that have died, other North Korean Christians that have died, the 23 Egyptians that were killed in orange jumpsuits on the seashore a few years ago by ISIS, all of their souls, I wonder, will your soul and mine be there? It doesn't have to be a violent death. But it has to be a death because of the word of God and the testimony they had maintained. Full-time ministry, guys, is being in the word and maintaining a testimony. The testimony you shared with your classmates, the testimony I share with my customers at the print shop, the testimony I share with you as my family in the church, the testimony I share with my neighbor next door who knows we're Christians, who has joined us at a couple of picnics, and who knows about our faith. 2022 is a time when the shaking comes to North America in a different way, where you and I are going to have to face the reality of stepping into that which is given to us by God to step into the word of God and the word of testimony. He hears this great loud voice in heaven. And the loud voice says, now have come salvation and the power in the kingdom of God and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. Satan, our biggest enemy, has been hurled down. And what happens? The, they triumphed. Who they? The believers on the earth at that time. And this is that time. They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb. That's why we take communion and we celebrate the powerful blood that cleanses us from all sin. They overcame him. They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony. You have a testimony in your mouth. Your experience is a testimony. You don't need supernatural encounters, but they are very powerful testimonies. Wherever you are in your journey, whether you've experienced the supernatural or not, you have a testimony of the love of God in your life. And they didn't love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Death comes in different forms for us in North America. It could mean being mocked by your colleagues. It could mean being isolated because you're different. It could mean being shunned by your teacher or your classmates. Will you love your life that much that you will keep quiet and not share your testimony? Verse 4, chapter 20. I saw the throne on which they were seated beside the Lamb himself, 
Christ, those who had been given authority to judge, the 24 elders. And I saw the souls of those who were beheaded because of their testimony. Are you afraid to be beheaded because of your testimony? What profits a man to gain the world and lose his life? I took that step 24 years ago. It changed my life, but it still needs change. I'm saying all over again, he died for me. I'll live for him. I cut the sermon short last time because I wanted to talk about the fact that that affected my life. But it affects all of us. And today, these last few days of 2021, don't let them go to waste. I'm going to play the rest of the sermon now. And it's going to be followed by a worship song. And then I'll pass it over to Rob. But do business with God right now. Do business with God right now. Do business with God right now. So in 2022, this is the word that I have for you. Take hold of the blood of the Lamb. They're going to give an invitation in the audio. But if you haven't already received Christ as your personal Savior, you have in your family been born into a Christian home. You love Jesus and you love what he says and you love his works and you love his miracles. But if you haven't received Jesus, don't let this moment pass. When the message is given, they'll give you 30 seconds. In that 30 seconds, do business with God. Simple thing. Simple prayer. Yes, Lord, you died for me. I'll live for you. That's all you need to say, because it will transform your thinking. It will transform your mind. It will change your direction. Your, your total life will change. Release the word of your testimony. Don't keep your mouth shut. I don't mean go and be a nuisance to everybody. Share it the way we've always talked about. Be a blessing to people. Help them solve their problem. And then tell them the word of God, that the kingdom of God has come near to them. And lastly, don't love your life. Let us not love our lives so that we shrink from death. Listen to the rest of this sermon. When you hear us shout that, forgetting the past, I cannot change the past. And looking to my future, I strung to the cross. I give my future to the cross. And I will stand, put both fists in the air. And in 30 seconds, don't move, don't speak, don't say a word for 30 seconds because this is going to change your life. I believe by the power of the spirit of Jesus Christ, there's someone in this room that's going to be called into the ministry full time tonight to bridge the gap for the rest of your life. Can I you just mean the presence of God? All of us. An awesome hush has moved over this room. It has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with him and his plan for you. Reggie, you're preaching hard. Why are you preaching so hard? Some of you already know. I have a four-year-old son here. And somebody standing up in 30 seconds screaming, he died for me, I'll live for him. You may be the one to lead my son to Jesus Christ. If I don't preach like this, my son goes to hell. And that is not an option. You have 30 seconds, but I'm telling you, some of you, you don't know Jesus. It's time to get saved. He died for you. In 30 seconds, you'll hear me and David say as loud as we can, he died for me. I'll live for him. If you're willing at that moment to say, forget it, giving my sin, laying my past. Hey, God is able to forgive you. Not only that, you know what else he's able to do? Help you forgive yourself. You can't change your past. And tonight you're going to lay it down forever. If after 30 seconds, when you hear me and David scream to the top of our lungs, he died for me, I'll live for him. If you're willing to join us in this fight, maybe it's even to the death, so be it. If I have to go to prison, so be it. It doesn't matter. Wherever it takes, whatever the cost, I'm willing to pay that. If after 30 seconds you say, forget this, I'm going to bridge the gap. 
after you hear me and David say those words, jump up to your feet, put both fists in the air and scream with us. He died for me. I'll live for him. You got 30 seconds. Think about it. He died for me, I'll live for him! is your commitment to Christ tonight. I am available. Yes, I am available. I am available to be used by you. Yes, I am available. I am available. Lord, I am available to be Wherever you go, whatever you do, I'll follow you, Jesus. Wherever you go, whatever you do, I will follow you. I am available. Yes, I am available. Whatever the cost, whatever it takes. Whatever the cost, whatever it takes. Oh, Lord, I will. I am available. the moment of truth, students. It's time to tell our God what we mean from our hearts. Lord, I am available. Yes, I am available. Lord, I am available to be used by you. Tell the whole world. I am available to change my school. I am available to lead a friend to Christ. I am available to be used by you. Wherever you go, whatever. 
God is here so strong. 